Hello and welcome back to Scarves Around the Funnel, the podcast dedicated to what feels like the world's most frustrating side, Heart of Midlothian Football Club, the team that just when you think they've turned a corner, give you a right big slap back in the face. Um, Just like Michael Corleone in Godfather 3, just when I thought I was out, they pull me back in. Mark Donaldson. Heart of Midlothian Football Club. A giant cock tease. <laughs> I really did not know. I did not expect that to be where you were going with it. Okay. I was thinking about this today. My 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 enthusiasm and my excitement levels have returned for our football club. But my God, hey, hey three points against Rangers, boys and girls. Boom. Defeat at home to Kilmarnock, having been three 0 down. Lots to get through today. I didn't really, I didn't really know where my opening gambit was going to go, but that that sums them up. Whether it's your Godfather three or or whether it's my rather non PC comment for which I apologise, <laughs> but but that's what they're like. It's like here's what you could have, but this is what we are. It is a it is a it's a reality check. It's a reality check, and and for all those of us. Not for those of you, because I'm part of this. For those of us that dared to look beyond the 11th and 10th and 9th. I know. And all the way up. I know. Could, could, we, we couldn't get top six. Just, just, just hold your horses a wee bit. Just hold your horses. But the crucial thing is my enthusiasm has, has returned, as has my ability to be slapped across the chops <laughs> just after you've been handed a, a nice, juicy steak. Uh, yes, so lots to get through. I'm Laurie Dunsire, joined of course again by Mark Donaldson for this episode of Scarves Around the Funnel. We will talk about Hart's last two matches which have taken place since our last show, that's the game against St Johnston in Perth and at home to Kilmarnock. Uh, we will summarise the quarter-final of the Hearts Hard Men World Cup and we'll also look ahead to the next two matches that are coming up. They're coming thick and fast at the moment. And uh, yeah, that'll take us up to the end of the show. Okay, so first up, Hearts have played, as I mentioned, twice since the last show in very scarves around the funnel fashion. I'm not going to break this down chronologically and match by match. Um, we've got quite a bit of reaction from um, from people on Twitter, which uh, we'll get to. But, but first up, Mark, your your feelings were the day after... The, the night before, which was the defeat to Kilmarnock. What, what are you feeling right now? Frustration, but I think you learn more from a game like that than you do if it's a one-all draw and and you just meander along. It would have been a big opportunity to, to narrow the gap on Kilmarnock in seventh and, and Hibbs losing at Ibrox. But as I've tried to say before, as much as I want to do that, we've got to look at Hamilton as, as our, our kind of... We could have gone above them had we have drawn the game. Never mind had we won the game. So this Kilmarnock game, we learned a lot, I think, from this. And this is something I want to touch about over the next few minutes. What did we learn? So here, here's, here's something that I've, I've kind of thought about. Sean Clare is the first name on my team sheet, okay? And I think we agree that he's one of, if not the most improved player yeah. at the oh, football dipped. club. Oh, 100% most improved, okay. and, and at times now looks the, the best player there. Correct. <laughs> C- correct. I wouldn't be playing him at right back. Well, I've said that I before. Think, I've said that before. You're not, I, I get that. I, I get that. We've tried it. We've, we've tried it. I think he's. I, I think Henderson and Moore is maybe too much right now. I get the fact he wants yeah, to interject you. Yeah. Um, so I'd move Claire a little bit further forward. I just want more protection. Now, it's not easy right now with Michael Smith uh, being out. And we don't really have a, a decent right-back replacement because Claire's having to learn a position. I want to see what he can do further forward. And I don't want him to have to worry a, as much as he is right now about defending. I, I think I said this, uh, just uh, sorry to interject there. I said this yesterday, not on the same level, but a little bit Patterson-esque with his with his right side. In fact, in, yeah, in terms of in terms of him, you know, Patterson was in a team playing obviously far better than Claire for a lot of it. 
Um, and when he was at his height, we were maybe in the second tier, so defending wasn't as important. And when he came up, he had, let's see, more composed and organised defence behind him. But at times, you know, he was just covering the right side. So he was a right back, he was a right wing back, and he was also a, a right winger. So he was getting up, he was winning headers, he was getting crosses in, but he was then also charging back. So I do feel, and as I say, I'm not, people aren't, I don't want people to say, oh, you're saying it clears the same level as Patterson, not at all. But lots of people, even when Patterson left, said, he can't really defend still. And even Neil Warnock said, I don't know why they've sold me a right back who can't defend. He's definitely someone who plays, and obviously now Neil Warnock plays him either, uh, sorry, well not Neil Warnock, but Neil Warnock played him. Neil and Harris, now, I think. And, now, and now, yeah, and now at Cardiff, he's still played usually in midfield or he's played in attack. He's not played at well, the back. But he, he, said that, in a, yeah. he said in an interview in the last 24 hours that he now sees himself as either a number 10 or a striker when talking up Scotland's yeah. forthcoming um, playoff game. Yeah, so it was, sim- it was similar in that sense. He had lots of energy and he got up and down, but yeah, yeah. everyone mm-hmm. still questioned his defending, but it was obviously a better heart side. So and there's a little bit of that about, about Sean Clare that he puts in a good shift but you st- I still don't see him as a, a right-sided defender, certainly. No, no, I, I, and I don't. So I'm, I want to go through two or three individual kind of mm-hmm. positions. And uh, that I think when we're defending in the system that we have with the high press, I think the wide players are most important because they need to support. What we've got a lot is in this system, you've got your two centre-backs who um, at times are exposed quite a lot. You've got a goalkeeper who was perfectly described by someone online yesterday as having cooked spaghetti for arms. <laughs> and just when you think about that, you're like, yeah, that, that's probably the best way to describe him. For those people that said, no, no, we're fine with Pereira, we don't need Craig Gordon, reality check, boys and girls, whether it's Craig Gordon or whoever it is, we need a better goalkeeper than what we have right now. So Claire's, Claire further forward, somebody else, and it's difficult now with the transfer window shut, and I can understand with the priorities that Daniel Stendhal had, that goalkeeper, when you've got three, you, you don't really look for another one as a priority when you've got other areas of your team that you feel that you need to strengthen, including up front, because that was where he was, he was certainly looking to, even after he got Liam Boyce. So this, these two wide areas are a key issue for us when we're defending, because if we're high-pressing, there's going to be gaps. And I, I love the fact, and I said this to my dad before the Kilmarnock game, because he was, he was going to the game and we were messaging on WhatsApp. I'd much rather watch a 3-all against St. Johnson than the usual 0-0 or 1-0 or defeat up there or, or whatever. Um, but you, you're then reliant on your attackers being better than, than their attackers. And if yeah. you've got someone like Alex Dyer or, or Kilmarnock players who are smart and can play against a press... When you're playing against the press, you can't take two or three touches. You've got to get it forward quickly. The movement of the ball's got to be good. And and Kowalik did us. They they, yeah. they did us. They were they were smart and, and they deserved the win because we were naive. We were naive to the extent of the second half against St. Johnston, which I know we'll touch on as well, where there was a na- naivety there as well. And what Kilmarnock did, they just smothered the likes of Liam Boyce. So from from what I've seen so far, I'd love to change the goalkeeper, but I don't think we've got I mean, well, it has, to be, a, got, has got to be a free agent if you want someone new, and if it's not someone new, then it's. Well, do we Bobby's... do we have? Yeah, do we have? Is, would you trust Zlamal or Doyle I, over Pereira? The thing is, I don't, I, I don't trust any of them, but I, I don't think you can leave Pereira in because, you know, this is confidence has got to be shot. This isn't an exaggeration. The last two no. games, I think at least four goals, he should stop. Horrible. I mean, yeah. the. <laughs> He and played he, all right against Rangers, to be fair. He did, and he, that's he had, the thing. And after that, we were talking about Gordon. And even I said, ah, you know, he's obviously very good with the ball at his feet. And I think you maybe said he's a better midfielder than he is a, a goalkeeper. He fits him well to the system. And he, he is very good with the ball at his feet. But the problem is that be, the basics... He's just, with his hands. But, I mean, and it's actually going beyond... I thought he'd maybe had a few bad games, and I didn't, I didn't particularly rate him. But I thought... Can we get through with them? Maybe. Maybe it's the best of a bad bunch. But those, the last two games, I've been like, actually, you Horrible. know what? I, I, I don't think he can come back from that. I mean, the, the some other of the... thing as well, Laurie, there has to be a trust in your goalkeeper by the guys in front of them. Now, Suter and Halke, on paper, is a de- it's, the, it's the best partnership that we could have. It's a decent partnership. But right now, they're both like cats on a hot tin roof because Aye, they know yeah. what's behind them. And there's, there's blame at the goalkeeper, but they have looked 
well, I mean, shaky would be being Correct. kind in the last two games. Um, you've, got, you've got to have that confidence of of knowing that what's behind you is is your last line of defence, and you trust in him. Right now, I, I couldn't trust Pereira. I don't think he can trust himself right now. When he comes out and says he's taking the blame, and then Stendhal's like, no, no, look, this is a go. And we saw earlier in the season when um, when Bobby Slamal had one or two confidence issues as well, and he was he was removed from the team. You're going to you're going to concede a lot of opportunities to the opposition with the style of play that that we have, which yeah. is. The, 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 there's an interesting conversation I want to have later on. It's about a tweet that was posted by a Scottish journalist um, who I like, a guy called Robert Thompson. Robert used to do the Dundee beat, and now he's um, he loves his horse racing, and now he's the Scottish Sun sports reporter. He does a lot of a lot of coverage, a lot of different teams as well. And he put just watch the Hearts Killy highlights. Have the look of a club who will spend the summer wondering why they didn't just appoint Stephen Robinson or Tommy Wright instead of going down the route they did. Not sure weekly high-scoring games are the best route to safety. And I looked at that as like, you old dinosaur. That You can't... And then the more of a thought of it, I, I'm happy with what we've got with, with Daniel Stendhal. But then I wonder, do, does he have a point? What was, does he have a point? Well, I think there was a little bit of... And I think we spoke about it on here, and I've certainly spoken about it with with with, with friends, saying that I think Daniel Stendhal is, is definitely someone you get behind long term and would be a good option long term there might be a debate that depending how this ends up that for the initial six months getting someone in who's just a boot up the arse solidify get the basics right and just and get, Pearson-esque yeah, type and just and just get the results to get you to the end of the season and you're still in the division and then you look to daniel stendhal to be the next guy but that's that's not the way we've gone, and if we stay up, no. at least we can build to that. But if we go, look, if we go down, I don't think anyone can argue that we've made a mistake with the appointment. But I don't think we'll go down, and I, I, no, I, 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 I don't think we will either. But what I mean, yeah, if we do go down, thought, you can't yeah. argue against that. that no, yeah. and I, I I thought it was an interesting tweet that at first it, I'm not saying it made my made my blood boil. I was like, oh, come <laughs> on, let's just look outside. There there might be borders albeit not hard borders, but there is life outside Scotland. We can't just, oh, well, we've sacked a manager. We can only employ from within this country. And it's I think there's an element of laziness about that in that Hearts made the decision to check out. I'm sure they checked out Robinson and Wright, but they made the decision to go with Stendhal. And I'm fully behind that as well. It, was, it just it got me thinking, and I thought it was an interesting. I don't agree with it, but it got me thinking. Yeah, um, I get, I, I get, I, I get the actual, I get the point. Although, yeah. like, like a lot of fans, I think we were both out of the realistic candidates. He was the one that actually stood out. Yeah, of so of course, I think for, forget the two names, forget Robinson and Wright. I think the point of the tweet is, and it's it's obviously worked because it's got us talking about it. The tweet. I think the point of this specific tweet is more: was this an unnecessary risk to take? In that, my God, it could really, really work out, but. With this style of football, do they have the players and can they adjust with the signings that they've made to this style of football that they're playing, whereby they're going to score goals, but do you trust them? And this is trust everybody. This is trust the goalkeeper, the centre-backs, the white players. Do you trust them to concede less than they score? And right now, it's a learn on the job. And I trust the players. I have full trust in the coaching staff to do this. And... I think we saw against Rangers, and, and my pals have said, how can you play like that against us? And then you lose at home to Kelly, or you draw at St. Johnson with that second-half display. They've, they've got a point. With the style comes inconsistency. And the Rangers fans will say, well, Defoe should have scored before you boys had even gone ahead. Yeah, but Pereira saved that. Saved that. I, I just think there's a more excitement now. I'm still fine. I'm, I've got no issues whatsoever. I know we're a point adrift at the foot of the table. I've got no issues whatsoever that we will be cut adrift at the end of the season. I'm pretty convinced that we're fine. And that's why, well, we will be fine. Sorry, we're not fine right now. That is why, in the bigger picture, last night's result might actually do us more good than harm long-term if we can learn from the clear and obvious glaring mistakes that we are making right now. Let me go through some of the thoughts from 
from fans that have tweeted us. Um, the Maroon Report sent us a, a thread on Twitter with a, a couple of posts and says, it's not sustainable for us to press high for 90 minutes based on reviewing the matches. Uh, I would maybe like to see us for a quarter of the match defend in a mid-block and recycle the ball and reserve energy so we can then counter-press high at the end of the match. When, uh, when teams are fatigued, we could score a lot of goals needed to win matches. However, as we have been going behind in matches, this is difficult to execute. When teams beat our initial press with long balls into the space behind the defence, we need to be better equipped. I've seen instances where Claire moves inside to create a numerical advantage in midfield, but a player, say Henderson or Moore, has to stretch the opposition by positioning himself wide on the right for width and depth. Walker did this a lot last night when he came on. Claire playing as a false fullback, if you like, stops the opposition playing balls into the forwards. Uh, giving a screen in front of Halk and Suter, which uh, can enable them to slightly drop to close the gap between them and Pereira. Um, most teams uh, we have played with the high press have utilised this space in between our defence and goalkeeper effectively and created a number of problems in scoring opportunities. Um, some interesting points. Thanks for the, the tweet from the Maroon Report. And it was looking at the second half against St. Johnson. Again, we're not going to analyse chronologically every bit of the two games but that was where it was a real contrast because I thought we were composed and controlled the first half we kept them at arm's length we got most of the possession over two thirds of it I think by the stats Um, and it was just well organised as well as having a bit of a high press but the second half you just had that spell where we started to lose confidence and we started to lose the ball St Johnson gained confidence they got the equaliser it's one of those moments where you could see players had started to you have it at games you have a spell where just things aren't going for you and everyone starts to get a bit nervy passes are going astray um, and it's almost that that you think a lot of managers at that point would have gone right let's calm it down for 10 minutes guys back to basics you know let's let's pull, pull it back in a bit you know let's let's defend a bit and just focus on that and work our way back into the game because clearly right now we're having a bit of a dodgy spell and St Johnson are capitalizing on it but that's not the Daniel Stendhal approach. He will continue to press. And we did. And we continued to press. And for the entire second half, St. Johnson should have been out of sight, to be honest, by the time we got yep. the late equaliser because they just had to fire the ball at the park. And we were actually speaking to some St. Johnson fans after the game. And they actually, one of them was like, I just wanted to say, you know, hope you stay up. It was, it's actually, it was a really good game. It was entertaining. But he did say, he's like, I don't really know what was going on in the second half because I don't think we could believe our luck because all we had to do was fire the ball at the park and we were clean through repeatedly. I've not seen that. I've not seen that type of <laughs> ease that we can get up the park mm-hmm. because obviously St. Johnson don't get treated to much attacking football, much chances. That's not the Tommy Wright way. Um, and it's just, I guess it's the two sides of, it's the double-edged sword, isn't it? That The way we play, and is there an element to what Daniel Stendhal does that's almost too gung-ho we've gone from the complete contrast of Levine who was so I guess reserved so um so defensive at times very reluctant to take chances all about keeping the score like I guess not conceding and hoping that you can maybe get a goal and we've gone the other way where we seem to be completely gung-ho and have real no no thought about at any point trying to shore things up or calm it down or, or or think about defending Good point. And, and we're at the opposite end of the spectrum, aren't we? Mm-hmm. From what you what we had and what we were used to to what we're getting now, it's just, you could be forgiven for thinking you're watching a totally different team. Um, the, it's still hearts, but it's it's hearts in a totally different form. And they're they're going to be they're going to be exciting to watch. They're going to be so frustrating to watch as well. And you wonder if that Rangers game, was, while it was great, and while we waxed lyrical about it last week, and then rightly so, I think, was it false hope? Was it false expectation? Was it a glimpse of what we might get when the good times return on a regular basis? Um, what, what was it? And the, the St. Johnson, I mean, the, the, the game of two halves cliche was, I mean, it, it, was, it was more than that. Because when they went ahead, we we were we were really good to to turn it around and at half time I'm I'm looking forward to it. I'm buzzing for the second half. Man, at the end of the game you're like, what just happened there? It was it, it was a blur, and mm-hmm. we we got we got a point out of it. We could have ended up getting a point which we wouldn't have deserved against Kilmarnock. And yeah, it, it, this this is what we are right now. So 
do we have a coach that's got one plan, as you said? Do we have a coach that needs to have another plan? Or can we get a coach that has three plans? Plan A being the high press, plan B being how to play when we're ahead, and plan C being how to deal with A and other. Um, I, I, I don't know. I, I, again, it's going gonna, it's gonna to take a bit of time, which takes me back to the tweet about is this a necessary uh, gamble that they're, they're taking? Um, it, it fills me with intrigue. The, the Falkirk game away and then Celtic in midweek, huge game against, against Hamilton at home. Um, I, th- I, don't, I don't know if he's got a plan B because have we seen it yet? If he, if he has, and when we go ahead, is our game management good enough? What do you think? It's still up for debate, I think, at the moment. I'm, I'm just, I'm just looking through a few more messages we got. So Roddy Elliott says we need a reliable goalkeeper and at least one combative holding midfielder to support the cavalry, the cavalry charge um, football. Otherwise, we'll continue to ship goals while the other two or three sides competing for relegation play percentage football. Ross Kelly said Joel Pereira couldn't catch a cold, um, which is hard to argue with just now. Uh, King Ante 1974 says depressed at the moment like the manager it's and it's clear what he wants to do he has my backing however not believing um, goalkeeper to be a priority position is a huge mistake as is selecting Henderson and Moore over Walker Meshino and Washington Joel can't play for us again awful um, a couple of things yeah I mean he talked about combat combative midfielder there Roddy did I, I think we've missed we miss Sibic a little bit because I think we've missed Smith when he's been out. And Sibic added a little bit of steel, a little bit of bite yep. in the midfield. I thought he settled in reasonably well, and I know he only really got uh, he got less than two matches. He came off both, but I thought he actually played a big part. Just even with his physicality, um, I think we missed that a bit. But if we could have him or Smith back, I mean, I'm not. There's no point in even debating when Haring will come back because we we have no idea. But I think it's important we get a Smith. Um, a Smith or a Civic in there at least. I think Irving was very good against Rangers. He started well against St Johnston. I thought he was very poor against Kilmarnock overall. And I, uh, it maybe says something that he, he's been poorer when he's not had maybe an effective enforcer bes- beside him. And I, I don't want to, I don't want to take any blame on Langer yet because he's barely he's not had a full game. I didn't think he was bad. He just, I mean. He's not he's not up to speed yet, I don't think, and he's not played much. He's played fourth tier, fourth tier German football, I think, in November. So I, I'm not really going to get into that. But maybe we do. We really do need an enforcer beside Irving because he's the ball player. Um, but, but if Smith, when Smith's fit, where are you playing him? Well, see, this is the, the debate because many believe that Smith's Smith at right back is his third best position. That he's better in holding midfield or at centre back and. I actually, I mean, I can see that. I think he's all right at right back, but um, many people believe that he's much better in the middle. Um, not Again, when we played him in holding mid, I did feel a bit like with Claire at right back, that you had someone doing a good job because he's a hard worker and a decent footballer, but I didn't really see him as a holding midfielder. Whereas as a sweeper, I could see that. I saw that a lot more. You could see that as being his 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 number one position going forward. It's a, it's a hard one because Claire has been playing very well, but as you say, I'm not quite sure he's a right back. And one of the big issues has been, yes, the centre backs have been have been poor, but the gaps that we've had because we will push the full backs so far forward at the moment. Yes, there's so many gaps out wide, and yes, Suter and Halkett have been getting split, and they've both. Been errors to Suter was just didn't even look like Suter for a lot of the time against Kamarnik. I thought, but there is so many gaps. So even if they're on their game, it's it's hard for them to plug those gaps if the balls keep coming over. I've got an alternative. Do you want to hear it? Yeah, sure. Go ahead. So a couple of things we, we've spoken before about um, when Crystal Vera played, his comfort blanket was Michael Smith. We've discussed that Smith's best position is probably at centre back, although he's done well in the holding midfield role and obviously right back where he was pretty much signed. I spoke right at the start about Claire and White or the two positions, never mind so much the players themselves, um, being just too too open because they're asked to get forward and in their space. So I think I know where you're going with this. but 
I'll let you. I'll let, I, I think you may know where I'm going, so I'll, I want you to guess because I'm going to give you a, a team as an example. Oh, I think. I, I, I wasn't going to guess the team, but I was going to assume that you were going to go with the back three. Yeah, and, I am going and to. Well, I'm, wing backs. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to push the wing backs forward so that I, I'd be more happier with Claire in that position. Mm-hmm. And I still have to get back, but his defensive duties there'd be an extra man to cover. Well, now, before, I'd have, before you give me the sorry. team, just out of interest, mm-hmm. the next the next message I was going to read was from Always a Jambo. This might be similar. Okay. He, he said, shouldn't there be three or five at the back with fullbacks bombing forward when attacking yes. and making it five when defending? So yes. three, five, two when attacking and five, four, one when defending. That was Always a Jambo, yeah, his suggestion. I, I agree with that on the whole. Um, so... Atalanta, I know you love your Italian football as well. Atalanta is a team I'll give as a as an example to to, to mm-hmm. many things. The way that they play, they play three at the back, but with two centre backs and one who's allowed to get forward. Michael Smith would be my one who's allowed to get forward um, when they're attacking. And and the, it was always a jambo that messaged us. He's, he's right when they're defending. Their wing backs are crucial to how they play. Whether it's it's Gosens whether it's Hatteboer, whether it's Castagna, who'd be linked with Celtic um, last year, and, and, and they get goals. I think that role, I mean, uh, Robin Gossens, the German, I think he's, he's up at six or seven goals this season because while he still has to defend as the wing-back, he is given a lot of license to, to get forward wherever possible and to deliver into the box. So they play a three at the back, with two wing backs, but it's a two centre back when they're attacking, and and the middle centre back, which in this case is Michael Smith, becoming part of the midfield as more of a a kind of just a protector. But that then allows so so their guy Papu Gomez is their number ten. That's our Stephen Naismith, and sometimes they play with Ilicic and Gomez um, behind the striker, uh, or or like Zapata or, or whoever, or sometimes they go with two up top. I can see us. With the three at the back, with Michael Smith being the kind of spare man, and I know you've spoken about him as a sweeper, I'd actually have him in front of the two other centre-backs as a a kind of protector. You still then can have your two wing-backs getting forward. You could still have a a Haring or a Sibic or a, 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 what's the kid we've just signed? Um, Mitchell Langer. Langer. Yep. You could still have them. Marcel Langer. Marcel, sorry. uh, Mitchell Langer. Uh, Marcel Langer, you could still have him in there, and you've still got plenty of room for, for creativity. Now, that may require, I think it would be better for Hickey. I think it would really suit Hickey. But I think when we don't have the ball, it's a lot easier for a Michael Smith who's just in front of the defenders and been part of that to get back and to plug the gap. Because the key for us right now is in the transitional period of when we have the ball, but then we lose the ball. Never mind going to hunt it back and do the high press. When we've got it and we lose it, as your your guys have been saying and the girls have been saying on the messages, St. Johnson were able just to, to do it quickly. Teams, teams will be able to, if, if they're smart, which most of them have got good coaches and they'll work this out, they'll be able to, when they get possession back, to get it forward into wide areas behind our wing backs. With the extra centre back, you then have someone who can help protect and your left centre back and your right centre back can, can move over a little bit and, and they're not under as much pressure. So, that that um, look, I, I'm just a, I'm a guy who's a commentator and a Harps <laughs> fan, right? Daniel Stendhal knows a lot more about the whole tactics and everything like that. But that for me is something that would make sense, but it would give us more protection when we lose the ball. Interesting. Oh, I can understand where you're coming from. Um, we are Scottish football says it's worrying times now. We play some good football, but apart from the Rangers game, the results are the same. Think his style of play should take a backward step and play a non-pressing game, leaving massive gaps. Um, also, clearly, Stenel does not do his homework on opposition teams. Um, I, I, again, I can understand people wanting him to maybe take uh, to, to step back a little. I just don't think he will. I think he's the way he's spoken and yep. and from what we read about him, I think he's similar to to his his countrymen um, south of the border, Jurgen Klopp. That's the way he will play. It's, I don't know if there is uh, an approach. And I don't watch Liverpool regularly, so someone might say, well, actually, Klopp has a couple of times um, changed it up. But generally... Well, he's, 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 not, he's not really. And, and as someone that has to watch Liverpool for my job, 
I love it. I love watching Liverpool. From, They're great so, to watch. Yeah. From my but, view, but, I don't think they do it, but I just want to, you know, in case someone says, well, actually, in that game, you decided. No, to no, no. It. But I think I think the point to make about Liverpool is there are many games where they concede chances, they concede yeah. opportunities. Um, they beat Southampton four 0 Southampton could have scored two or three. They had some really. I mean, Allison was was one of the men of the match and the <laughs> goalkeeper. Slightly, slightly better when you've got Allison in goals instead yeah. of. Pereira, but <laughs> honestly, I'd, I'd have a girl called Alison in goal rather than Joel Pereira right now. Um, but that, yeah, it's the style that it will leave you open. You you are going to concede chances. Now the difference with them at that level is they concede fewer chances. But if you're prepared to take a, a chance against a team like Liverpool and to an extent against Hearts as well, there will be riches for you. Well, do you remember? Do you remember? Obviously, my the, the team I have. A, a fondness for an Italy Roma, and that was mm-hmm. just that ended up being a game when it was it was ridiculous over those two legs. It was just chance after chance, and both clubs would end up being the same. Over the you know Roma at Anfield got just torn to shreds because they kept pressing and they tried to out Liverpool, Liverpool, and obviously Liverpool got in behind yeah. them constantly. But then at the Olympico, it started going the other way a bit, where Roma were getting in behind constantly, and you're like, if you're a Liverpool a Liverpool fan, you feel like you'd be going. We just need to see this one out, but no, they kept pressing and attacking, and Roma then kept getting goals. And in the end, it was obviously they ran out of time, but it, it, it started to look like this isn't actually that much between these sides now at this point. Mm. So mm. it was just I can't, what was the I can't remember what the final aggregate score was in the end, but um, oh, it was twenty four twenty three. It was, but it was similar. That it was just well, even though they were away from home and they had a big advantage. And then they started looking open. Well, they just kept pressing, didn't they? That's what they do. They attack and. I guess it's harder because we're obviously nowhere near that kind of level and we're in a relegation battle. And yeah. the likes of Hamilton and St Mirren will, as someone mentioned, play a lot of percentage football and look to and, and eke results out and such. So but, um, this, is the, this is the thing. Hamilton play their game. Hamilton scrap. Hamilton battle. Tactically, technically, they're not up there. But they they can fight their way out of trouble. This is new to us. Now... This is this is what I think is fascinating. Even if I wasn't a Hearts fan, I'd be fascinated by by Hearts' plight right now, and it would intrigue me to see if they can get out. I think they will. Um, am I basing that on on hope rather than expectation? No, I expect Hearts to, to get out of trouble because I think I think good players um, will will if if they if they buy into it, which I'm sure all the Hearts players have. I, I, I think quality in the end, will we'll come through. But we, we can't be as naive um, tactically. I love the fact that we're now, there's a three all at St. Johnson, there's a three-two against Kilmarnock. I know we're conceding goals, but there was so much dross. We, we were we were tighter at the back, but nothing up front. We're now decent going forward, but pff, a little bit harry-carry at the back. And, and to that extent... Um, you, you know what social media is like. You, you can find anything there that you want, and you, patience is is not it's not a um, a quality that that many have. Now, after each game, the evening news, the Hearts Alerts evening news Facebook page put a link to the the evening news. Uh, they have like three players, they have a match report, and then they have fans' comments. Now, yesterday, okay, embarrassing. Hearts are going down, then we're going bust. Really? Okay. Uh, yeah, that's from Ross1874. Come on now, son. Um, Connor, Rad- uh, Connor Radish, yet another false dawn. We're stuck in a three-way tussle at the bottom and cut adrift from the rest of the league. How the hell did it come to this? We can't continue to blame Levine. Okay. Um, Matthew, still a work in progress. Desperately need to work on defending set pieces and keeping up that level of intensity. Too open at the back, but this doesn't happen overnight. We got lucky with the Hamilton result last night, uh, them drawing against St. Man, but this is a dogfight. Have faith. Okay, we're getting a bit more positive now. WS Nico 11, mostly nonsense posts on here after tonight's game. Amen, brother. Alan Keir, five shots on target and three effing goals. Kyle Jordan, not good enough. Revival over. Q relegation. Liam Patterson, Slamalin. Nevins, 1874. Need Smith back in the team ASAP. Unbelievable, says Rock Times 111. Sorry, but we will lose at Celtic Park and then the Hamilton game is a must win. Oh, Hamilton should always be a must win. Whether or not we like it or not, we're going down or at best relegation playoff. It just, it goes on and on and on. And they're like, well, that's it. Is it one game, one defeat and, and a, a draw? Something that the manager's got to, 
just calm down here a little bit. And this is the danger of, of look, the evening news have done exactly the right thing because it's got us talking about it as well. But it's, it's like speaking to a manager who's really angry and upset straight after a game. You're, you're going to get, he's going to say stuff he, he shouldn't say. We have to speak to him or we did have to speak to him afterwards. You've gone straight onto a message board after a match, especially a defeat like that. You're going to get comments like that, but some of them are nonsensical. <laughs> Stuart and Matthew tweeted saying, we don't really know much about football, but goalie needs to try and actually save the ball. Our grand could have done better last night and need Smith, Hickey and Sibick in the team. We also need a bit of luck because uh, if we'd scored first, we win. Hashtag in Stendhal, we trust. Um, Flitch said, need Smith or Sibick uh, to shield the back four. Henderson and Moore need a rest and Walker and Washington coming in. Two new signings on short-term deals can't have uh, been match fit. Six-month deals says it all. We need a better balance between attacking and defence like the Rangers display. And um, What Flitch mentioned there and what a couple had mentioned was Henderson and Moore. And I agree with that. I feel like we do need to... I think take them out and go with the likes of certainly Walker in Washington. I thought one of the positives, uh, you know, there, there was some positives over the last few games, don't get me wrong, but one of the big positives in the Kamarnik game, I thought, was that Walker looked um, looked very dangerous when he came on. Um, a lot of energy, some really dangerous crosses from the right, I thought. I, I, I would suggest it's time to get bring them in. I, I'm really not, I have to say, I'm not convinced on Henderson and Moore long term anyway. I feel like they don't look like they'll cut it, but they've they've put a shift in, which I think is maybe what is uh, endearing them to Daniel Stendel. But I feel like a Walker, Washington, even an Uche, I think these guys are what we need to go with just now in the situation we're in. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think there's an element of... of over-reliance on, on youth uh, in certain predicaments. And, I mean, they, they've, they've done all right. But to, to have – you've got to, you've got to remember as well, Civic's only 20. Yeah. 21 at max. And, and Irving's, what, 19. It's, it's a very it's a very um, young and at times naive – just inexperienced. Uh, they're, they're honest players. Yeah, and, but... we, and we don't have, you know, you know, for their positions, you know – who do we have in central midfield to put ahead on right now? We don't really have anyone, whereas I think in those attacking positions, we actually do have plenty of depth right now. People will question the the quality, maybe, but certainly we have lots of options attacking-wise. Um, and we've, we've, we've spoken about Walker before, and maybe the jury's still out on whether whether Stendhal will be keen on him, but I think quality-wise, on his day, technically... Give him a chance. Give he's him a someone... Chance. Um, was it maybe was it Tony Brown who we mentioned on Twitter that on his day he's still a game changer? Which yeah, yeah, he, he, he of, is. Which is yeah. He, he he is, and and Meshino is an intriguing one um, for me as well. So he's I, been, you know how I be, like to kind of to be fair though, Meshino has been really poor in the last few games, and he he has been given some chances recently. He's probably more your 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 twenty five minute cameo appearance off the bench Possibly, until he gets yeah. more form. So I've I've come up with. A formation and a team based on what I was telling you earlier about this three four two one or three four one two. Okay. I've gone three four two one. Goalkeeper, just whatever, on whatever whatever way the wind blows, and because honestly, we've, it's it's choosing between three very bang average goalkeepers, which isn't ideal, but we're gonna have to pick one. So I'm not I'm not least, making a choice. At least Lamal can save a shot or two. I mean, I can't I'd probably be, be it'd probably be Bobby over the. Over I can't the believe I'm. I'm now back to we're going back to say put Zlomal in, but we just so say 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 here okay well here's one would you put Harry Stone in who is the 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 kid who apparently is very highly thought of um but is not playing a senior game do you no no do you Craig Craig Gordon him in this in this situation no no because I'd be totally hypocritical saying yes I would if I'm saying well Moore and Henderson are lacking experience or whatever that is. That's going back to the tweet from Robert earlier about uh, him thinking uh, an unnecessary gamble. Um, for him, it was Stendhal. For this, it would be. Mm-hmm. For he he may be a, he may go on to do great things. It's like Man United right now. They've they've got Dean Henderson on loan at Sheffield United. They're perfectly happy there because they've got De Gea, right? If they weren't, they wouldn't have signed De Gea on a new contract. They would have brought Henderson. But Henderson will be the number one at Man United for many years to come, but not yet. That could be the same with this kid here. 
Um, it's it's an, unless the three of them are absolutely confidence is shot and they're just they're all atrocious. My dad's just messaged me because I'm watching sports scene with your mum and we're watching the Kilmarnock game um, and the goals that they scored. He said I've seen a tire go down quicker than this clown in goal. <laughs> but that, that's that's what my dad's saying, right? So if we go if we go to the Malin goal, right? Whoever it is, here's the team: Halkett, Smith, Suter, with Smith in that role as I discussed, Claire, Irving. Sibick or Haring or whoever, Hickey, Naismith, Washington, behind Boyce. Now you've you've got a little bit of an experience across the middle. I get that with Irving and 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 Sibick. Uh, you've got the young Hickey. You've got Claire as a right. It might not be ideal, but just based on what we've been discussing, that's the team I've got. With Boyce as the focal point, Naismith and Washington working as a three, probably behind them. Hickey on one side, Claire on the other, as wide players in a kind of midfield slash wing-backs, but the extra bit of protection. You're still going to need Claire and Hickey to do their job and, and to get back, but that's the team I've kind of gone with. Although Stendhal's, he has a, a four-at-the-back guy. I was I was so about to say from all the, the talk is he is, uh, yeah. as, he, as he, he's very much fixed on his high-press attacking game, from from what people have spoken about, he is very fixed on four-at-the-back and does not tend to differ from that but if it doesn't if it doesn't work Laurie you've got to have a plan B but this is the, where the debate is I don't know if I don't know if we'll we do out. if we do have another we'll approach. so mm-hmm. we, we might do well anyway th- thank you for ever getting in touch um, obviously we've got a few more messages we, we haven't got through them all and obviously a lot of people with some good points um, is, is there anything else over the last two games that have that you've that you've taken um, it's been it's been crazy at times, um, you know, 6-5 defeat overall over the two of them. And we were hoping, to be honest, it's it's frustrating because I went to Perth maybe cautiously optimistic. I wasn't saying I was expecting a win, but I thought we had a good chance of it. So at the end, I was thinking, disappointed based on our first half, but we got away with it a little and got a draw. So it was a plus points in, in, in negative. But I went to the Kilmarnock game, and this is... More fool me, maybe. I went into that game confident. I was like, right, back at home against Killy, let's do this. They've not won an away game since they were last year, four months ago or whatever. Five away defeats in the trot. This is it. Come on, let's get let's let's keep going. We've five undefeated, I think we're for the first time since we've been top of the table and we're riding high at the start of last season. Um and it was just a real body blow, I have to say, when especially when that third rattled in and it was just like mm-hmm. No, we can't be back here, can we? No. That that's interesting. That's interesting because what what have I taken from the last two games? And I, I'd group it with the Rangers game. Never get ahead of yourself. Well, yeah. I I, I like the fact that my enthusiasm for my football clubs properly back. I want to watch them. I want to see how they get on. There's that because previously I've said it before, and I hated myself for the fact that. I'll always support them, but there were times I'd rather watch the Premier League game, and I'd always have them on, but they were just horrific to watch. Uh, they were just dull. They were dreary. There was no sign of anything. And while I had the laptop on, my main focus was probably on on the bigger TV when I was watching a Premier League game. Yeah, you, I well, hated that. You, you can't look away now. You'll miss a couple of goals. <laughs> That's the thing. And. So I love the fact that there's the enthusiasm. Again, as you just said, more fool me. I was I was exactly the same going into that game last night because Kelly's form had been poor. We have to remember where we are in the table. You don't suddenly bring a new manager and a couple of new signings and you rock it up and you get into Europe when you were bottom of the table and you were five five points adrift, I think we were, at one stage. But I, there's certainly positives. Watching these games under Levine towards the end of his thing, you're like... I can't see any positives whatsoever. We now have a goal threat. Um, there's not so much a never say die attitude, but a kind of keeping going attitude. When you're trying to play that press, that is it's hard. It's it's energetic. Um, it's tough on the bodies. So for us to have scored what three goals late on, um, as we've done. I mean, 79, 89 against Kelly, and then 90, obviously, against St. Johnston. That bodes well that we're 
not asking them to do something they're not capable of, because you could easily think with the game plan that he's devised and the energy levels that are required that these boys might be blown out their backside with 20 minutes to go. So that's a positive. Loads of loads of things that we can we can do better, but just I'm, again, it's it, the bug. The bug has returned. Can't wait for Falkirk. I'm not even. Thinking about being let down. I've got too many bad memories of Scottish Cup ties against Falkirk, games against Falkirk away, the 6-0, the Cup tie where we got run ragged at Brockville. No, I'm just looking forward to, to this weekend and trusting in a coach that I hope has a game plan when things aren't going our way. Before we look ahead to the weekend's football, I need to summarise the results from the uh, Hard Men, the Hearts Hard Men World Cup quarterfinal, which took place on Twitter, of course, via votes. Um, so I'll have a quick look through the results of these, and then maybe for the semi-final when we do that, possibly in a, a couple of weeks, we can maybe focus on the players a little bit more when we're down to the last four. Um Jimmy Bowen against Phil Stamp. How did you think this one was going to go, Mark? I'll give you my votes. I voted Jimmy Bowen for this one. Well, you went with the favourite, and the favourite won. 61.9% of the votes for Jimmy okay. Bowen. So Phil Stamp out, and Jimmy Bowen to the last four to face either Walter Kidd or Craig Levine. I voted Craig Levine. Oh, well, right choice again. 58.4%, a little closer with that one. Craig Levine through to meet Jimmy Bone in the semi-finals. Um, oh, here's your the tie of the round. <laughs> Pasquale Bruno against Julian Brellier. Really tight one, this. Just going to hope it wasn't broadcast live on Sky Sports, this tie, because two foreigners, I mean, what would they made of the translation? <laughs> uh, topical. Um, I voted... Pasquale Bruno, and this is the one I expected to be a landslide over the hipster's yeah, it, favourite. It wasn't. It wasn't tight. I was joking. It was eighty-seven point seven percent. Pasquale Bruno absolutely hammers Brelli. An early knockout if we're going to go in boxing rather than a four or five nil pumping. But Bruno through. He, he's walking it. He's walking to the. He's walking to the trophy, um, and he will face in the semi-finals Sandy Clark or Ian Black. I voted Sandy Clark. Yes, yeah, the it's the <laughs> the Ivan Drago against Rocky <laughs> Balboa. Except there's no there's no Hollywood fairy tale. Seventy four point one percent for the huge reach of Sandy Clark against Ian Black, um, and Sandy Clark will face Pasquale Bruno in the semi finals. So it's a Jimmy Bone against Craig Levine and Pasquale Bruno against Sandy Clark line, line up in the last four. Well, we have to see if we can get some thoughts from from. Um, a couple of those before the the big lineup. So. I could yeah, we could phone Sandy, see what he thinks. See what he thought. See see what he'd think of his chances against Pasquale Bruno. Sandy could face anybody, and he would feel he has a chance. I, I, I remember <clears throat> Craig Patterson, the former Rangers defender and Hibs defender. Him and I worked together many years at Radio Fourth. It was actually the first Scottish Cup tie I was ever at. Um, with Hearts, watching Hearts. It was January 1986. Hearts beat Rangers 3-2. And Sandy Clark and Craig Patterson clashed heads. Both had to be replaced. I think Colin McAdam came on for Sandy Clark and subsequently was among the goal scorers. But when, obviously, Craig came round, Sandy came round as well and was like, he wanted to get back out there. He'd already been subbed, but he's like, after. <laughs> he'd been put to sleep, the pair of them, and they were both kind of knocked spark out. And I remember Craig, um, many years after that, when we were chatting one day about something must have happened on TV and someone got a bad head knock and I said, what was the worst you had? And he said, Sandy Clark. I said, I've, I've never had a, a knock like that where the opponent's head felt like cement. <laughs> and he, he was just, I remember him in charge of the BP Youth Cup team and, and he had that. He had that, I think he had a fear factor about him as well. Some of the stories when he was at St. Johnston, a few pals of mine that worked up there have as well. He he could be fearsome. So I don't think he'd have any fear about facing Bruno. I mean, I'll vote Bruno because I, th I, I, th I think I think he'll probably win the whole thing. But Sandy Clark can handle himself. 
Even even now, he's a really, really nice guy and super company, but my God, has he got a side on him that you would not want to cross him because you'd be, of you'd be for it. Jeez, I mean, just tough, tough guy. Tough guy. But, yeah, had his moments, and it was always what might have been my hearts because he had his time in, in charge of the football club in the mid, mid-90s, mid early to mid-90s, and did very well with the BP Youth Cup squad. And subsequently, he's, he's been, I think he's been assistant to, to Darren Young a few times, or da- Derek, uh, for, forgive me for getting the wrong one. I know he was at Albion Rovers with him and, and various others. Just a real, and I'm, I'm glad his kids are doing well. Nicky, uh, sadly, is out for the season, but just a lovely family, him and his wife Liz. Liz would be ringside, waving her handbag at Pasquale, like the old wrestling, but I think the Italian will just, uh, he'll come in in a suit, he'll rip it off, he'll, He'll toy with Sandy and then he'll take his place in the final. And we will give you the results when we post that. Keep an eye on Twitter. They'll be up there in the next week or two. And uh, yeah, I'm sure Bruno's still going to be heavy favourite for the Hardmen World Cup. Okay, finally, before we go, uh, we'll look ahead to the next two matches for our hearts. So first up, it's uh, Saturday Evening game, 7.20pm kickoff. Don't know who thought of that one. BBC, no surprise. Um, away to Falkirk in the fifth round of the Scottish Cup. So Hearts up against League One Falkirk, sitting second in the division. So their second League One opponent in a row in the competition this season after being aired in the last round. Uh, and they will come up against uh, the man who is currently Falkirk's second top scorer, Mr. Connor Salmon. What do you think of this one, if, Mark? If he starts, didn't start the last time. They played Stranra and he came on as a as a sub. Um, it's a good matchup. I I, I prefer it to Arbroath because you saw what Arbroath did at Tannadice last week and any Dick Campbell managed team in a Scottish Cup is just like you're on a hiding to nothing. You're expected to win. You've you've got everything to lose and nothing to gain. Falkirk, yeah, in a bit of form. In a bit of form, some some reasonable players in there. Um, they've got Aidan Connolly uh, as one of their uh, their wide players, who's who scored last time out against Stranraer. Uh, Connor Salmon on the bench. Um, Lee, Lee Miller's still playing. He wears 99 on his back. That's because that's his age now, um, Lee Miller. But I love the fact that it's a, an easy game to get to. I love the fact we sold out our tickets in, in four hours. Um, and, yeah, Saturday Night Football, which is different, and it's an actually it's a 7:21 kickoff because all all um, Scottish Cup ties are taking an extra minute, uh, like FA Cup ties oh, right. did oh, they, I think I, in the previous round. Okay, yeah, 7:21 just okay. is, take a, is, is the take a take a minute campaign. Yeah. Um, just for for mental health. So uh, credit to them for doing that. Looking forward to it. Yeah, as I said, I've got the bug back. Um, and. Many, many, many memories of, of there. I remember being 2-0 down. Presley got a hat-trick. One of them um, was yeah. an own goal, and then he then he scored his two. Um, Brockville was always well. the fear. I, yep, that's right. Brockville, I, I just did not like whatsoever. Um, but, yeah, it's been a while since Hearts, Hearts were there. Um, I think we'd win. I think we'd I win th- by, by a couple of goals. I think uh, we should. It's just... I don't like the kickoff. I have to say, um, well, just Saturday evening doesn't work for me. But yeah, I, I feel like it's a kind of it's one of these games now that because we're going in on a poor result, it's just sort of a a no win situation. We know we're expected to win. If we win, it, it, I don't think it will change much in the way the fans feel. And obviously, we'll still be bottom because it's not a league game. So I feel it's just a game we need to make sure we get past and build the confidence because after that. It's Celtic Park on the Wednesday night, which is probably the last game you want in the league after a disappointing performance and result. Um, obviously, it's Celtic. They're top of the league. They're battering teams just now. They're full of confidence. Um, we've lost 10 in a row against them away from Tynecastle and um, 17 matches over more than 10 years without a win at Celtic Park since the League Cup quarterfinal of 2009 when um, Mr. Ah, Mr. Pop... Mr. Popular, Michael Stewart, scored from the spot. Um, <laughs> and almost 13 years since the league win at the ground. That was April 2007 when we won 3-1. And Craig Gordon was still 
playing for the right team. Um, Stephen Presley wasn't, but that's, he actually scored that night, that day. Um, hiding to nothing is what kind of pops into my head. Uh, I don't know. I don't, do, know. I don't you, think you, we'll win, but I don't think we'll get. I don't think we'll get spanked. Just, uh, I'm worried about it. I mean, you look at. Obviously, we're hoping. At the moment, I'm kind of looking at that the fixtures that night and not looking at ours and just thinking. Right. Well, Hamilton played the night before. They've got um, Aberdeen. So oh, is that game the Tuesday? Sorry. So yeah, yeah they play... that game's the Tuesday. So we we could go into it four points adrift with no chance of getting off the table, off the bottom of the table, or we could go into it buoyed by the fact that Aberdeen have actually scored a goal for the first time <laughs> know, in geez. twenty-three years. What's going on there? I know, and St. Mirren have Livingston away, which is tough, but it's not a game that you would say we'd be that surprised. Your Livingston just got beat by County. St. Mirren. Win that. Livy well, should win that. St. Johnston, Motherwell. St. Mirren are not, yeah. on a bad, are not on a bad run at all. Though. I know, I know, but I, I, the fact that we're even talking, we have to. We, we can't be complacent and nonchalant or, or whatever. We're now cheering on Aberdeen against Hamilton. We're cheering on Hibs against Ross County. Okay. We're cheering on Livy against St. Mirren. Um, and we're cheering on Rangers against Kilmarnock and, the, and, and Motherwell at St. Johnston. That, that's where we are. Okay, no, so, Cel- um, so Celtic away though. Just a question. Mm-hmm. We're, we're we're basically saying, look, Daniel Steadle has the approach. This is what he will play. We, we haven't had a Celtic away yet. We had Celtic at home, and it was very early on. We started okay, but Celtic in the end were fairly comfortable. Two 0 winners. They after they got their goals, they controlled the game. Celtic Park. Assuming he's going to play the same way, you know, it doesn't look like he's going to adjust his approach are you not a little concerned based on, of course, on the, the chances the, the chances that Johnston and Kilmarnock well, six but, goals yeah, against but, Johnston and Kilmarnock I mean yeah but we beat, we beat Rangers and this is why it doesn't kind of add up here Hearts will probably lose there's a 98.7% chance that we're going to lose at Celtic Park um but, but this is um, the caveat to what I'm saying was going to be, and I get you, you're right. The likelihood is we're going to lose. Are but, we going to lose but, heavily, or is it, is it going to be a oh well, we can take positives from that game? Well, the caveat was going to be if we're to have any hope, our our only hope is probably to actually press them and try and play on the front foot, I, which is yep. stupid. I think if we play like that, the, the, we're far more likely to get absolutely hammered. You know, talking yeah, five or sixes. But, think about but it. if we sit think off. About it though. I don't see any chance of us getting anything. I think the only think about what Rangers did. What Rangers did at Celtic Park, they stopped them from tried to stop them from playing, Uh, and you you've got to have everyone playing well. You've got to have your goalkeeper in form, and there's another issue. Um, Does does he go? Does he keep faith? I mean, if he said that the the keeper apologised afterwards, but he didn't blame him, does that suggest that he'll probably keep going again against Falkirk? And if he does, then if they win that, they go to Celtic. I, I don't know. I, it's the kind of game, I wouldn't be surprised if Hearts score, but the likelihood is we're going to concede three or something like that. That's not the game that's going to see us either stay up or go down. No, no. It's the following Saturday. That's the that's the bonus ball. That's the free hit. But you could do a lot of damage if you get thumped. That's the issue. That's that's where it's, it depends how you approach it. Do you think right? If if you do go cautious and you you can maybe only lose two nil and there's maybe no damage done really. But if you want to look at it, it's like, okay, what is our 1%, 2% chance of winning? It's probably yeah. going to be actually pressing them. It's not going to be go. letting them play. Mm-hmm. But, okay. So, I, I mean, we'll be back on after these games. I mean, so this time next week, what's your what's your realistic best case scenario, what we're talking right, about? Re- yeah, realistic is through to the next round and, and beaten, but not disgraced at, at Celtic Park. My concern would be having seen... Uh, a fair chunk of the first half. It was on. I had the sound down last night, but I had the Celtic game on. Oh, I heard, uh, they, were, I heard they were. Oh, rampant. Jesus! That's as good as I've seen them. I mean, Edward was unplayable. They were. They were frightening. And that's against the Motherwell side that's third on the table. I just find it weird in Scotland in the top flight that our third best team right now has lost ten of its twenty-five games this season, and that's Motherwell. That's frightening. The gap between, yeah. I mean, Celtic would have thumped anyone last night, including Rangers, because Rangers are struggling um, right now. So, uh, yeah, I'm fearful. But I think, like, I think I, I, I'd be surprised, as most Hearts fans would be, if it's not a win and a defeat. 
I think, I think, realistically, I think with the position we want to be in is going into that Hamilton home game with the knowledge that a win puts us ahead of Hamilton. I think that would be big because at the moment we're a point behind them. Obviously, like you say, if they get a win against Aberdeen, um, it means that we go into that game knowing that even a win against Hamilton doesn't even get us above them. Which obviously, which you know, a win's imperative either way. But I think that would be my ideal situation. Is this time next week we're talking about the Hamilton game, knowing that we get the result, it puts us above Hamilton, and then we go into the game against St Mirren, which you know, it depends on their results. But they play Rangers after that Livingston game. Um, they play, um, sorry, they play. You know, that's that's Livingston or playing Rangers rather. So it's St Mirren. Sorry, play Motherwell after that, and then us. So Motherwell away potentially tricky game, then you can start looking at St. Menon. But I think we're in a position where you just have to take one team. The team we're looking at is Hamilton. When we play them, we want to have to be, have the opportunity to beat them, go ahead of them, and then you look ahead to St. Menon. Because ideally, and I said this last night, I was giving my friend a lift home from the game, and we were talking about, would you would you take second bottom right now? And I said, you know what? I don't think I would if someone offered me as the guarantee. I still feel like 10th should be our target, even though second bottom does give us the chance to stay up I still feel like 10th has to, you, you want to avoid that needless drama at the end of the season yeah I'd, I'd roll the dice uh, on that I wouldn't take second bottom in a playoff because uh, anything can happen look at Hibbs Hamilton when Hibbs went down and Hamilton came up on penalties here I want to end with a question for you okay and I, I, I don't know what my answer would be I'm going to give you one win out of two over the next week which one are you taking? <laughs> if, if I gave you a win at Celtic Park, but the only caveat to that would be you'd be knocked out the cup, would you take that? Yes, I would, because it's 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 the it's the fifth round. So yeah, we can we can beat Falkirk, and then we get Rangers or Celtic away, and we get knocked out in the next round. There's a long way to go. The big teams are still in it. The way we're playing, would I be confident of us going all the way in the cup? No. Um, points are huge for us staying up as the absolute priority. I've never seen us win at Celtic Park. I think a win, you know, if we went to Celtic Park and won, surely that would give us. You then go into Hamilton and submit and thinking, right, boys, this you know that's got to be the boost you need. I know you could say that it'd be another false dawn after Rangers, but I'd be interestingly, we'll put that. That could be an easy homework one. We stick out there. Yeah, and say, there you go. What would you rather have? Simple poll. X or Y. Do me a favour. If we do win at Celtic Park, don't do what the Newcastle fan did. <laughs> have you Please. seen? Have you seen that he's been banned from all English football grounds? <laughs> did per- you see the West? For, did forever. you see the West Brom tweet? I've not seen it. No. <laughs> They're like, we we wish to welcome all Newcastle fans for the next round of the FA Cup, but please be advised that where we play the Hawthorns is a windmill-free venue. <laughs> If anyone has no idea what we're talking about, just look on Newcastle Fan on Twitter and I'm sure you'll quickly find out that um, one of the Magpies supporters celebrated in unique fashion. Um, is, it, they is it fair to say we, we, sta- we started with a cock tea, so we're ending oh, with one? dear, dearie me. <laughs> <sighs> yes, possibly. So, Thank you. there you go. There's a simple homework question. We'll stick it on Twitter as well. What would you take in the next week mm, if you could yeah. only have you had one win and one defeat? Which way round would you have it? What would you would you be with me or what? I don't know. I don't know because I think we can get out of it without the the victory over Celtic. Because I'm confident that we will. I'm not saying we're too good to go down. That that's that doesn't exist. No, that's I'm, that's that's naive. Oh, that's yeah. Very naive. I think we're. I, I think we'll be okay. So I would. I would take my chances, and this is a big gamble because the three points could prove to be crucial. So on this poll, I will vote with Cup okay. because that's our best chance. It's our only chance of silverware. We're going to need Celtic to get knocked out before we face them if we get that far because they'll beat us. Um, we're going to need a, a Rangers-Celtic quarterfinal or semi-final, and, and us to have the draw that we had last year. This, the Scottish Cup's just always been something special, and we always had that thing over Hibs. Then we beat them 5-1. We had that over Hibs, but they've won it since. I want to get back to... And right now, I mean, are we going to win the Cup? Probably not, but I'd still rather be in it, and I believe we can get out of trouble. So I, I will vote Cup 
rather than, than, than league. But I totally get your argument as well. Okay, we'll see what you think. And we'll be back next week to talk about the horrendous defeat to that Connor Salmon goal <laughs> at the Falkirk Stadium <laughs> and the incredible 3-0 win at Celtic Park, ending a 13-year wait for a league win there. Um, yeah, wishful thinking. We can but dream. Um, until then, thank you for tuning in. Ah!